This is an ABC podcast. G'day, my name's Anne Jones. Hey, you're listening to the ABC's Nature Program. Wait a second. Live at Macquarie Island. I'm Anne Jones. This is Off Track. And this, this is actually a recording sent into our inbox. Can you hear that sound? That's the sound of an ancient bird species that covers the beach here at Green Gorge. Bloody hell, is that what I sound like? <laughs> that long trumpeting note that you can hear is the sound of a king penguin adult locating its chick amongst the rookery. And the light, chirpy sound is the brown, fluffy chicks begging for their parents to come back and feed them. Surrounding the rookery, giant petrels eagerly awaiting for the week to fall. Here on Macquarie Island, you either eat or be eaten. Well, jeepers creepers. After that impromptu audition to take my job sent in last year, it's my pleasure to welcome Stella Thomas-Ranger with the Tasmanian Parks and Wildlife Service to Off Track to give us a tour of her favourite place on the planet, Macquarie Island. My stomach was... Oh, I have no words to describe how it felt. It was so surreal knowing that there's no way out. There's no mail coming in. If I've forgotten something, it's too late. Um, and then looking out down island, just thinking that this is going to be my home. And it's just, yeah, quite an emotional, intensely epic feeling that didn't really wear off for the entire time that I was there. One boat in and one boat out a year. Macquarie Island is this skinny patch of land about 1,500 k's from Tasmania. It's sub-Antarctic, so not surrounded by ice. No, not that cold, but still extremely cold and windy and a UNESCO World Heritage Site full of unique geology and plants, animals and human experience. And in 2019, Stella was one of the lucky ones to overwinter on Macca. So Macquarie Island is halfway between Antarctica and Tasmania. It's probably closer to New Zealand on the Macquarie Ridge and it's just pretty much in the middle of nowhere. It takes three days by a big boat to get there. So very, very isolated. So that's one of the most kind of in, in exciting and intense feelings I've ever felt in my life really was going down on the Aurora Australis and being part of the resupply over eight or nine days and then the boat leaves and leaves 14 people on the island and we go to the top of the little hill and let flares off as a flare well and the ship sails away and doesn't return for at least nine months till the end of spring and the start of summer to bring in the new crew. The island is a long, skinny island, 35 kilometres long, and most of the island is on a plateau. It's only, the highest point's only 400 metres above the sea, but it's really steep cliffs that go up onto this plateau. It's windy, so windy. You've got to have all of the bits done up, so 
the wind doesn't come in and, and make you cold and sometimes the sun is shining and sometimes it is sideways hailing but there's all beauty in just every kind of weather type and yeah the sensory overload really as soon as you open a door The station is at the very northern tip of the island and it's on an isthmus. So this sandy bank with the station at one end kind of reminds me of a Russian farm. Lots of little separated buildings and black sand and tussock growing out of in between the buildings and there's a big mess hall where we socialise and eat and and then there's rooms scattered around. Uh, yeah, it has a lot of character. And it's nice and weathered. And it's also where the large majority of the elephant seals breed. Oh, morning is often a, quite a surreal time there's always wind blowing so that'll usually wake you up and I lived in a room that had the only window that opened on the whole station so I'd often have that open and the smell of the beach would come in which is this intense salt and seaweed and seal smell and there'd often be a harem of elephant seals down on the beach just nearby and they'd be grunting and snorting and fighting and those are the kind of sounds that you wake up to. Elephant seals. They're all different sizes. If you start with the males, they're these 3,000 kilo beasts. You know, they're just one big solid unit with miniature flippers and that kind of have fingernails on them that almost look human but in the way they kind of scratch themselves is is oddly human but they're just these huge animals with big proboscis that they flare up when they're agitated or letting a big sigh of relief out and then you've got the females that are so much smaller maybe even a quarter of the size and they only really come to shore for a really short period of time in the breeding season, mainly for three weeks to, to give birth and feed their young and mate and then quickly return to the ocean uh, to get away from the chaos. And then if you're lucky to be around when the, the pups are around, they're these very little fellas with skin that's far too big for them and fearless creatures that just have these big eyes that look up at you and yeah kind of wriggle along the beaches getting out of the way of big male beach master that's on a mission to get to the other side of the beach it's yeah they're pretty um magnificent creatures They are so close to the station. There are fences that had to be built to keep them out of doorways. And uh, if those fences weren't there, I'm sure they'd be inside the buildings. But the station is on this big beach and the seals, they just pile up 
all over the, the beaches and I was lucky enough to have a bedroom with a window that opened. I could stick my head out this window and you know, elephant seals would be maybe 10, 15 metres away and they'd often keep you up at night when they were just playing or fighting around outside my window. It's yeah, They're pretty close. The smell, I found the smell so intriguing and I thought long and hard about how to describe it when I was there, but it's rich and it fills every part of your nostril with this stench of poo and kelp and salt and blood and oddly I think one other way to describe it is feathers if you've ever smelt feathers really closely I really think that that elephant seals have a bit of a feathery smell to them which is quite odd Here's one of Stella's own recordings of elephant seals that she sent in to me at Off Track. Macquarie Island, halfway between Tasmania and Antarctica, is dominated by a plateau that towers above the beaches. And every step you take, it seems like you're taking steps along with nature. So the featherbed is this large, flat plain of vast, green, tussocky flat land that goes out to the sea. And uh, it looks like a perfect place to be able to kind of commute easily down the west coast of the island until you step on it and it moves. It's like walking on a waterbed. It just kind of wallows under you and you can bounce on it until your foot punctures through the top layer down into this cold water straight underneath. It's kind of like a peaty layer that sits on top of this water. and it's quite notorious for swallowing legs and having to be dragged out by your walking pole or your backpack. It's, um, yeah, pretty unforgivable landscape. Where the featherbed meets the coast, it's kind of um, prime elephant seal wallow habitat. And these wallows are these big, deep trenches um, full of really smelly brown water that is pretty putrid for a human, but for a molting elephant seal, it's just heaven. And they lie around in these pools and and sleep in them. And you'll walk past one of these and find a big elephant seal snoring and there'll be bubbles coming out of the water. And yeah, they're pretty epic until you slip into one and have to call out for your fellow ranger to come and drag you out after they've taken a photo. <laughs> so the bed is a is prime habitat for nesting birds like giant petrels. So you'll find large groups of southern giant petrels um, and these birds hang out more so in, in small messy colonies together. Um, they're quite skittish birds so you don't get close to those ones but You'll also find northern giant petrels and they 
kind of nest to themselves more under under big clumps of tussock or small rocky overhangs or, or sometimes just out in the open they'll build a little little messy nest um, grass and mud and, um, and lay an egg there so it's a great habitat for them so these birds are kind of very prehistoric looking they're maybe the size of a um, of a goose maybe without the long neck and this big bird with these really dark eyes um, and this beak that is huge very typical petrel beak with a really strong point at the end that's very sharp and big nostrils over the over the top of its beak and it kind of looks very oversized for its face but it's kind of their main epic feature of these birds I think these birds are they're kind of like the animals that do all of the cleaning up of of anything on the island so they're pretty opportunistic and they really uh, they'll eat a lot of carrion they'll eat anything that's dead or they'll maybe even kill something to try and, and get a feed but really without these animals they'd be kind of smelly carcasses and and blood and guts all over the island if these birds weren't here to, to clean it up. Oh, these birds, they're so intelligent. I could watch them for hours, the way they, they interact with each other and the way they um hunt for food. I, I've watched these birds herd king penguin chicks and, and these chicks are, are, are taller than them. They're larger than them. They kind of come up to maybe past your knee if you're standing up these chicks um, and I've seen a giant petrel herd these chicks up a hill uh, and then come around to the to the front of them and run them down the hill until they tumble and fall and then they they jump on them and and will eat them it is just it's like watching a a lion herd wildebeests it's so unreal and yeah, they're just incredibly intelligent birds. You know, they, they know when to hang around the elephant seal harems when the, when the cows are giving birth. They're there within seconds of, of a birth to kind of clean up the placenta and, and all the good bits there. They just know. They're so smart. But they're still quite unco when they're on land. It is absolutely again you could watch it for hours the way they walk around with their wings out herding penguins or hassling elephant seals or picking at the scab of a beach master or they're kind of incredibly um, lanky the way they kind of waddle around and then those rare days on Macca when there's no wind they really struggle to get up into the air and they'll try and they'll run out take a big long run up and launch up but there's no thermal to to get them going so they'll land back down and it's you you can sometimes see them get dunked in waves and then they have to kind of recover and sit out on the behind the waves for a little bit before they can pick back up but usually the wind is howling and they can take off up into the up into the air no problem at all and when they're in the sky they're yeah quite graceful birds really I just think they're 
this incredible ruly bird that you know they get right inside a dead elephant seal and will come out covered in blood and do make these really screechy almost dragon sounds like you know covered in blood and guts and it's just so gory and you just think wow you're a bird you're not even a crocodile or a shark or something kind of scary and epic but you're so epic and um yeah i think they're my favorite birds i also really really like the smell of them <laughs> but i have to admit it's a bit of a petrol shearwater smell i don't know if anyone's ever kind of put your head down close to a to a shearwater burrow but it's that kind of musky birdie smell it's just it's just nice um i don't know if i'm kind of a strange person for doing this but i have a pair of um uh, of gloves that I, I used when I was reading the bands of giant petrels and they still have this beautiful musky smell of bird on them and occasionally I'll open the bag and have a bit of a sniff and it'll take me right back to that to that time. <laughs> so since the eradication of, uh, of rabbits on the island, uh, allowing their, their habitat on the feather bed to grow back, so all these big tussocky clumps, the numbers of giant petrels have really increased to to higher numbers than they were before rabbits, which is really positive because these birds um, were quite affected by by secondary poisoning during the Macquarie Island pest eradication. So, you know, that was quite a, a concerning factor at the time, but the fact that these birds have, have really started to recover is really positive. So they are, yeah, in quite good numbers. So from the feather bed, we come out on to Bower Bay, which is this big bay with big, uh, long, sandy banks of black sand onto the, on the west coast. But Bower Bay itself uh, is pretty chaotic during elephant seal breeding season, but in winter is a place that is feels quite empty of life, apart from the gentoo penguins that, that make that bay their home. little black and white gentoo penguins with orange feet and orange beaks are slowly walking through the tussock to find their mates. One pair has just reunited calling each other and clacking their beaks together as they nestle down onto their tussock nests. When both of the partner birds are back, one sits down and in the nest and has a rest while the other stands closely by very still sometimes having a sleep with its beak tucked under its wing, other times wandering around the area collecting nest material and bringing it back to its partner. But a lot of standing around.
But their best features, I think, is the most bright orange beak and these feet that are just the colour of an orange, a winter orange. And against the black sand, it stands out so well. And this, yeah, it's just a really great contrast of colours um, on a Gen 2 penguin. And they're quite uh, unaggressive penguin, if you can ever call a penguin aggressive, but other crested penguins can get quite narky at each other, but, but Gen 2 is really, they're quite polite and they just wander up and down the beach and go out to sea and they're all back on shore by 10am every time. Uh, and yeah, they're just really nice birds to watch. So over winter the Gen 2s um, they come up into the tussock and they make pretend nests and they practice nesting and, and chatting to a mate and maybe sussing out their mate for the season. But they, they really do just spend a lot of time um, kind of standing still or just walking small spaces. But they're not doing a great deal over winter other than just surviving um, and preparing for a pretty busy breeding season because they raise two chicks usually if they can. Uh, come spring, they really ramp up their nest making uh, efforts uh, and some of them nest quite far up the, the tussocky hills and cliffs really to, to find a good nest out of this, out of range from the elephant seals. They have a mate and will lay two eggs and hopefully try and raise two chicks. But sometimes one of their eggs gets sacrificed to a hungry skewer standing nearby. Skewers are a type of gull and they're really chocolate brown colour. Uh, so if you imagine a, a kelp gull that's brown, um, and it's about the same size, but they have this really sharp long black beak and beady little eyes and they are just so intelligent and they work in teams um, to distract penguins and steal their eggs or their chicks or, or dive bomb royal penguin colonies to steal their eggs it's they're, they're the most probably the most intelligent bird on the island will the gentoos be able to overcome the onslaught of the most intelligent birds on the island next episode of Off Track, we continue our tour of Macquarie Island in a program that features sounds that you will not be able to hear anywhere else in the whole world. Like this, the royal penguin endemic to Macquarie Island. And the sounds of extremely rare birds like wandering albatross. This program wouldn't have been possible without Stella Thomas, ranger with the Tasmanian Parks and Wildlife Service, who recorded some of the sounds while she was on Macquarie Island. And also the unnamed former staff members of the ABC, who many moons ago went to Macquarie, and I found your recordings in the ABC archives. B003006, Royal Penguin. 
spraying display and fighting. Includes multiple, fli multiple fight, dual fight, single bird display, two bird display. Recorded 10th of October 75 on Macquarie Island at Nuggets Beach. Duration three minutes. couldn't have made the program without building on those recordings of nature nerds from previous eras. I'm Dr Anne Jones and this is Off Track. Remember, meet me here at the same time next time because we're going to go to the ends of the earth. been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.